Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Good crowd this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to say uh, good morning to our online church. Um, Love you, appreciate you, uh, and miss you, period. Uh, you, are, you are beautiful, and I thank you for being a part of our church. Uh, this is uh, State of the Church, and if you're listening online, uh, you're, this is you. Uh, even though you join us online, you are a church in the extension of everything you're going to see this morning. So as we started January, I built a little series just for the month of January or four weeks, and I looked at the questions of where are you, where are you going, where is the church, and where is the church going? And so today, uh, we're going to look at where the church is. Uh, if you've never uh, kind of been here for a state of the church, uh, this is when uh, we pull back the pages. We let you look inside of everything that's going on inside of our church from all kind of numbers and details and baptisms and all kind of different things. Uh, you may never see this at other churches. Uh, you should, but you may never Uh, But I think it's a very, very healthy way to operate church, and that is to be as transparent and as open to you as a body of Christ because you are the church. And if the church doesn't know where it is, that's sad because the church needs to know where it is because, listen, I and this staff, we're nothing without the body of Christ. We're nothing without you. And everything we do is because of God's faithfulness and the church's faithfulness, and so Today, I want to kind of show you a snapshot of 2020 um, of what it was. And so I call it the state of the church. And so here's the deal. I want to set it up this way. There's a lot of numbers that are going to come at the end, um, but I want to set it up by by taking you back a little bit, if you were not here with us, uh, to the end of 19. At the end of 19, uh, we as a church and we as a state and we as a nation looked a whole lot different. Then we look right now, all right? So let me take you back to the end of 19. At the end of 19, we as a staff and, and myself and the elders, we really felt like God was extending us, was stretching our reach, was getting us outside of the walls of our church, and he was doing it from a technological standpoint. Uh, we had the benefit of having Brandon Garcia on our staff. Uh, we knew we were poised to take the airways for Jesus. We wanted to get our church, we wanted to get his name out there. And we knew we could reach a lot of people that way and we felt like God was leading us that way. And so we put before you as a church uh, that vision and that manger offering in 19 was going as seed money for the cameras and the online and all the stuff that we have done this year. And so we jumped out there Okay, uh, we heard God say this, and we put this before you. We put this plan in motion, and we jumped out there. And what I love about the manger offering, let me go back a year to 19. 
as we, as we gathered as a body, as one, and we gave the manger offering, we were all in one accord. I'm going to tell you, there is power in a church that's one. It's power, okay? And so the beautiful thing about the manger offering is visually watching that in motion and watching the church all rally behind one thing. And we put that plan in motion, and you as a church echoed that. And, I, and here's the verse that God gave me for 2020. Right at the end of the year, uh, this verse is what I gave to you to begin 2020, okay? Uh, let me remind you the verse again. It's Isaiah 54.2. Isaiah 54.2 says this, enlarge the place of your tent. Just a tent, by the way. All right? Stretch your tent curtains wide. I love this phrase here, do not hold back. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Nobody in the world had any idea <laughs> how deep the stakes were gonna have to be driven in 2020 to hold up under everything that was coming our way. 2020 was a year like no other. We were never in our nation never in our church, never in our lives has seen anything like that before. Just because we flip a calendar to 21, hadn't let off, hadn't let off. But in the midst of all that, what I'm about to talk about and about to show you, I want you to see this, the faithfulness and the goodness of God. And if this does nothing else for you, may it land on you personally to say no matter what my eyes see, I know my God is worthy. I know my God can. And I know even though it doesn't look like God is working, he is. He never stops. He never stops. So we jump off into a new year of 2020 and we begin a remodel. The remodel uh, was in this house right here. If you were not here before, this was a concrete floor. Uh, these walls were not black. The lighting was not like this. Uh, we didn't have cameras, we didn't have anything. We jumped off into this remodel and, this, uh, uh, and all this online presence and basically about $400,000, uh, you, you, close to half a million on this whole remodel thing. So we began the year, we jumped off in it, okay? And, and, and I want you to know something. When we jumped off, we had no idea what was about to happen. But once you jump, my friends, <laughs> you just jump, Amen. You can't go back. God is faithful. If God says jump, you jump. That's it. And somebody in here needs to hear that. Because somebody in here says, well, if God would just tell me what I'm going to land on, I'll jump. If God would just show it to me, I'll jump. If God would just put it before me, spell it out, put a neon sign, write it on a piece of paper, mail it to me. That's not faith. If you can see it, smell it, touch it, somebody can show it to you, that's not faith. Faith says, will you believe in me, the creator, that will create a step before your feet land? Anybody can step on a step that they visibly see, but can you step on a step that the creator says, in the motion that you step, I will create, and your feet will not slip, they will land on solid ground. So we jumped. We jumped head first as a church. And lo and behold, 
while we're still airborne, a virus hits our nation. And it didn't just knock, it kicked the door down, came right in. And it absolutely wrecked a lot of lives. It hurt a lot of people, hurt a lot of businesses, hurt a lot of families. The word for 2020 for me, I didn't like the, I didn't like the name of the virus. I don't even hardly like to say the word virus. But the word God said, stolen. The virus stole a lot of things from a lot of people in a lot of different ways. It's a thief. And that's why I know it came from who it came from. So the virus arrived right in the middle of a remodel. And on March 15th, if you can remember back to March 15th, we were about to start the longest spring break in the history of mankind. <laughs> Some of your parents are like, oh, Lord, yes. <laughs> I love my kids up to that point. <laughs> they still love you, kids. Don't worry. We started the longest spring break in the history of mankind. I'm just telling you, all right? March 15th was the last time we met in this house. They shut us down. March 16th, they said, you will not gather as a corporate body for worship any longer. I'm just going to tell you right now, you step out on faith to do this, and all of a sudden, it takes the church away. Woo! That'll mess with you. That'll mess with you. So for 10 weeks, we did not meet. We never gathered as a corporate body in this house to worship. That included missing out on Palm Sunday as a church, and we didn't get to have Easter in the house. And moms, we didn't have Mother's Day. I'm sure you had Mother's Day, but we couldn't celebrate it in the church house. And for the next 10 weeks, we had to figure out how to do church without meeting together as a corporate body meaning we had, to, we had to figure out how to do church through cameras and online and a presence out there. And lo and behold, we, were, we jumped out into that kind of vision. But all that equipment was ordered. All that equipment was going to come in. Now, from a church standpoint and from a contractor standpoint, when you can shut down a church for 10 weeks, you can do a lot of good remodeling <laughs> because we, were, we would make a big old mess in here and by about Friday morning, we had to shut it down and get everybody out because we had to clean this place up and have church Sunday. But once they shut us down, whoo, contractors, they love to make mess. They're experts at making mess. They, they, they have degrees in that. They can make really good messes. And here's the great thing about those guys. I said, just make a big old mess. You don't have to clean it up. And they were like having a heyday, man. And this place was a mess. But it, but it was beautiful because we did not meet, but we could continue what God said do. But in the low and the hope, God continued to move. So the first time we had to go online with a camera to video me or Pax in our offices to shoot you a live worship service through, through the website, through online, through YouTube, through however we got it out to you, guess what showed up that week? Cameras. I'm serious. We're, we're taking plastic off of cameras the day we shoot me and Pax. Not literally shoot, but shoot the camera, all right? They were shooting me in my office, and there were styrofoam little chunks stuck in the camera. We didn't, get, we didn't have time to get it all out. And, and so that, as we're shooting, uh, one of uh, Brandon's boys, he grabbed this big uh, styrofoam little clod that was stuck in there, and he just looked at it, and I'm trying to talk to him and take him serious. He goes, he just threw it over in the corner. 
I played a lot of ball. You throw stuff, I'm going to go after it. Amen. I almost jumped out of my seat that went after that. So we're unpacking cameras. God just put them right at the right time. God comes through for you. Even using a brown van called UPS, God can use anything. Amen. And he brought those cameras to us. And for 10 weeks, we just started shooting services. We had never gone there. We knew God said go there. But right in the middle of shutting us down, we had to use it totally, totally different than what we thought we were going to have to do. But then come May 31st, after 10 weeks, we got the, the thumbs up to meet again as a church. And I want you to understand something. As exciting as that was to get to meet again, that was really hard for me. Not hard to have church, but how to have church. You see, there's no blueprint for 2020. You couldn't go back and go, well... Pastor, how are we going to open up? Well, let me check and see how we opened up last time. Last time there was a virus and we were shut down. Let's just see what we did. Wasn't nothing like that. There was no blueprint. So I talked to my staff. I talked to my elders. I'd run. I'd take Hershey on walks. I'd sit with God. And here's my question. Heavenly Father, what do you say about this? What do you say? A lot of voices out there, God. A lot of experts out there, God. A lot of opinions out there, God. A lot of people talking. But God, I love every one of them. Thankful for them. But your voice matters more than anything. Can I just tell you that, church, wherever you find yourself, nothing wrong with talking to brothers and sisters in Christ. Nothing wrong with having a good team around you. Nothing wrong with gleaning from their experience and their insight and what God's saying to them. But at the end of the day, as a leader, he said, God, your word trumps everybody else's word. You tell me. You tell me. And I had about a two-week period where I struggled. You know, what to do, how to open it up. And I heard God say this, Jeff, I want my church to have church. I want you to open it up, and you just simply say this, you come at your comfort level. And that's how we opened it up. Was it popular? Nope. Is it still popular? Nope. But I heard God say, that's how I want my church to open up. And we open it up. And people just flooded. I didn't care if they came with mask or no mask. Come where you're comfortable. Many people have never been in here since then. And for you that are listening online, I love you just as much as I did if you were in the house every one of those weeks. Because a simple part of it, you're still my church, you're still God's church, and you're still part of everything that we do here. God said, don't restrict my church, just let's have church. And I'll cover this house, and I'll protect it, and I'll keep it safe. And he did. And he did. And because of that, I believe that what you're about to see from a number standpoint uh, has a lot to do with that. There was a presence and a freedom and a spirit. There was just some power in this house, man. 
And if you were here this fall, whoo, September, October, November, man, we, had, we were having church. And I think there was water that stayed up here splashing out of that baptistry. We were baptizing all the time. So let me jump into numbers because this is kind of what it is, but it's not just about numbers. It's about what God did. And I don't want you to see us exalting the church or anything like that because we're not exalting the church. We're exalting Jesus. This has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my staff, my elders, this church. This has everything to do with God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness, God's faithfulness. Because, man, I'm going to tell you, when everything around you says don't trust God, trust God. Trust him. He's worthy of our trust. So let's jump into it. New families, number one. We had 17 brand new families that joined our church in 2020. Uh, joining a church in 2020 was not one of the real popular things that you heard. Was it on billboards? Go join a church. That was not it. But I'm very grateful and thankful for those 17 families that said, this is the church that God wants my family to be a part of. Now, these are, these are not just families that have joined us and that have been attending. These are families that have physically filled out a membership card, so to speak, that said, this is our church home now. And they officially joined us uh, as a family. Uh, new members, uh, as far as what this means, 86 uh, people, basically those 17 families, if you count all the, fa- all the people in the families, and add them all up, that's 86 people that are new to our church in 2020. And I want to stop before we jump. Can we just thank God for 86 new additions to the family, right? I'm going to do this periodically, so just keep your hands warmed up, all right? So let's move to baptisms, because that was a big deal for us in 2020. Um, 55 baptisms in 2020. Now, here's what I want you to see about this. This was not us doing normal church. We couldn't do camps and different things like that. And sometimes when you're able to do the VBSs that you normally do, the the camps that you get to do, uh, they do impact your numbers from baptism. There's no doubt about that. Many of you uh, were absolutely saved at a a summer camp and stuff. And, And so, and many people gave their life to Christ in vacation Bible school and different things like that. We couldn't do a lot of the things that we normally do as a church. So what you're seeing 55 baptisms out of is mainly just Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. That's what you saw. We were just grinding through that. And remember, 10 of those weeks, we didn't even do that. 10 of those weeks, we didn't do that at all. And so 55 baptisms is a really cool thing and a really important thing. Let me show you this next step. Uh, Over 18 25 people over 18 were baptized. So 25 of that 55 were people over 18 years or older. Now, let me help you with something before we give that some real big-time applause. That's better than the Super Bowl. Because here's the deal. There is a lot of statistics out there, and we gathered many of those, that will tell you that a person, after they reach the age of 18 years old, there's only a 6% chance that they'll ever be born again, meaning there's a 90, 94% chance they stay lost forever. Here's what I want you to understand. When you see 25 adults in a church our side or any size 
give their lives to Christ and follow the Lord in baptism. That's a big, big deal, folks. So I need you to stop and give that some big old applause. Now, I want you to understand something. When you see that happening, there must be a presence in the house to have that happen. There must be a presence beyond man. There must be a presence beyond just uh, the normal. The presence of the Lord must be thick in the house. The Holy Spirit must have an enormous amount of freedom to move and change lives. And there better be some serious life in a church that sees 25 adults saved. I'm going to tell you, if you were here in the fall, between September and October and November, 37 of those baptisms happened in those three months. Our fall was really, really strong. And I'm going to tell you, it's a whole lot to do with the fact, I believe, all the way back to the spring when God said, this is how you open the house. This is how you open it, Jeff. Trust me and watch me do a work. And he did a work, a solid work, a big-time work. He changed a lot of lives, a lot of lives. So let me get to uh, some other numbers. It has to do with money. Some of y'all like that kind of stuff, all right? Giving units. Sometimes you say, well, I don't even know what that means. Let me tell you what a giving unit is. That is a family or an individual that in 2020 at least gave one time. Make sense? If you gave one time just $20 bill on the plate, that'd be you, all right? 341 people. Sometimes that makes up families. Sometimes it makes up individuals. So there's 341 people that are going to make up the numbers that you see behind me in just a little bit, okay? That is a, that's a big deal. That is a very faithful 341, okay? Those numbers vary every year, okay? They're always different every year. Many of the 341 are online. And can I tell you something? Thank you. And I love you. Because we have an online church that's never been in here, but they've missed like, you know, 10 months of 2020. But they faithfully, every week, every Sunday, gave to the church. And so thank you for that very much. I appreciate that. So 341 giving units. So if you're not a part of that 341, can I tell you a really fun team to be a part of? That team right there. Because winning's fun, my friend. Winning's fun. So if you're not a part of the giving team, jump in there. Another, another number, big number. Tithing giving. This is just uh, 1,323,466. Not that you couldn't read that, but I thought I'd help you. All right? Uh, that is just what the church gave to the general offering, okay? Sunday to Sunday, every Sunday during the week, if you gave through giving or if you're tithing or whatever, Every day, that, that's what that number reached. That all that added up to 1 million and three, 23, 466. I didn't turn around. I think I'm close, all right? But that's what it added up to, okay? All right? So let me say this. I need to put this in perspective. Many churches today operate on what we call a 52-week budget. And the reason they call it that, there's 52 weeks in a year, okay? Meaning there'll be 52 Sundays. We do not operate that way. We build our budget on 50 weeks. We do not count the last two weeks of December as far as the general budget, okay? We believe that we will make budget before the manger offering. 
We never want to have to use the manger offering to make budget. That's risky. It's a big step. And in 2020, hmm, that made some people nervous, all right, because we'd never been there. Up until this point, for us as a church, we've been a hiney-in-the-chair kind of church, meaning if a hiney is in a chair, that's where most of our money comes from. We were walking into a year where 10 weeks, we didn't have a hiney in a chair. We had to depend, some of y'all are like, how many times are you going to say that word? All right, <laughs> a bunch. Listen to me. We had, we had to walk into a time where we did not know how the church was going to respond to what was going on. We didn't know what God was going to do, but we had to trust him. And you as a church stayed incredibly, incredibly faithful. Through the website, through the mail, through dropping it off, through sending it through the app, all those mechanisms that we have to receive uh, a tithe and giving for the church, you made it happen. You made it happen. And so I thank you for that. That's a big deal. That's just to the general. So we live off of a 50-week budget, and we believe we make budget in 50 weeks. So we don't count the last two. If you remember, on December 13th uh, of, of 2020, just not too long ago, uh, that was going to be week 50 to meet, okay? So our budget would have stopped on December 13th. That Sunday, we got those beautiful Saturday night, Sunday morning snows that I love so much, all right? And we didn't have church. So not only did we operate on 49 weeks this year, we didn't have 50. We operated on 49 weeks, okay? We lost a, a Sunday on snow. So it's even more remarkable on that number, what you see behind me. So let me show you another number because I get this question all the time. How about manger offering? This was the manger offering that we took on December the 20th, all right? If you were here, a part of that, if you've, some of you that was the first time, we as a body of Christ came together and we give what the Magi did. We bring our best to the manger, to Jesus, and we put it up here in a manger everybody together in one accord, one voice, the whole church together, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. That number and everything that came in after that on the 20th up until the end of the year, it goes to manger. And that's what that number reached right there, all right? And you'll see in a little bit on a graphic uh, that it was bigger than 19, believe it or not, okay? But it was. So let's see the total. This is all the money that came into our church for the general tithe and offering during the year, plus the manger, 1,602,937. Can I tell you, you need to clap for that number. That's a big number right there. That's a beautiful number. In a, in a year that was like it was for us as a nation, the church, I'm telling you, the church has never been healthier. It's a strong body right now, very strong body. We are very healthy from a lot of different perspectives, not just from a money side, okay? We're not a money-making business, okay? We're a life-saving business, okay? But money operates the house, okay? And we are, we are very faithful, I mean, very healthy as a church body. And it's a credit to you guys in the house and a credit to you guys online staying faithful. That is what you as a body of Christ here at the Church of Bushland gave for the calendar year of 2020, over a million six came from you, and I thank you for that very, very much. All right, let me look at this. Some of y'all just love this kind of stuff. Uh, Sean Clifton loves this, but my wife built this uh, 
I want to show it off a little bit. This is for five years, basically. Oh, let me get over here. How about this? Man, that sounded loud. Right? This is for five years of giving. So we went back all the way to 16. You can kind of see where we've been as a church. The dark blue is just your general giving, your tithes and offerings. Okay, you can track that. And then the lighter blue on top of that is the manger offering. Okay, each year's manger offering, as you see it stacked on top of each other. And then you can kind of see it as a year. Now, 19, obviously our best year, 2020, if you put it all together, there wasn't but about a 20, I don't know exactly, about $25,000 difference uh, between the total given in 19 and the total given in 2020, okay? That in and of itself, I think it's, Sean, Sean's in the house somewhere, I don't know see him, but, but like one, 1.5, 1.75% less than 19 overall. That's a miracle. That's just God, okay? Absolutely just God. And so one more time, I'm going to ask you to praise God for all those five years you see right there, all right? Now, here's the deal. When I do a state of the church, somebody always wants to text me or message me through the website to tell me <laughs> you're all about money and you just taunting money and all this other stuff. Well, bless your heart. That's not what we do that for, okay? This is not making much of the church or anything like this. It's making much of Jesus, period. Listen to me. If this does nothing else for you, let this spur you. Because even when everything you see doesn't look good and everything you hear doesn't sound good, your God is for you. Can you just understand that? When everything comes against the church as it did in 2020, and everything you hear and see doesn't look good or doesn't sound good for the church, is God not faithful? Is God not faithful? So wherever you find yourself today is this. You may think, well, man, I, I'm just not seeing God move in my life. I, I'm sure he's moving, but he's not moving in my life. He's moving in your life. He's moving in your life. When God, God never, ever stops. When we sleep, the word tells us that he's working. Please understand something. God is doing a work in your life right now. God never stops working. He's never gonna stop. And I believe right now, I'm about to end with the scripture, but I believe right now is the greatest time for the New Testament, God-fearing, God-breathing, God-worshiping church has ever been in the face of our earth. I'm telling you, it is. And I'm about to click 13 years as a pastor here in a couple of weeks, but I'm more jacked up right now than I've ever been in my life. Every day I'm like, bring it. I'm ready. Bring it. I want to see the church magnified. Not just our church. I'm talking about every church. I wish every church Every church would step up, man up, bow up, get the power of the Holy Spirit, and go. Just go, man. Just go. And I don't care if it looks like, sounds like, and it doesn't say it's the greatest time. It is the greatest time. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's a bunch of hurt in this world. 
And this church, the church of Jesus Christ, better be an embassy, better be a place people can come for hope. And if the church ever loses hope, we're in a world of hurt, man. So go, church, go, baby. Go, church, go. And we are. Next week, I'm going to tell you where we're going, all right? I want to read a scripture, and we're going to end with this. I'm a little pumped up. I'm sorry. This is Isaiah 42. This is, uh, let me set it up for you a little bit. I landed here about three weeks ago. It's twofold. I believe this is a word for the church. I also believe it's a word for me personally. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear these words. I want you to hear this because there's a champion named Jesus that is cheering and clapping for the church. And this is what he wants. Okay? This is what he's doing. And he's called us to join him. I want you to listen to these words. Isaiah 42, verse 5. This is what God the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out. Who spread out the earth and all that comes from it. Who gives breath to its people. Life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. Mm, boy, I got to give you some peace. And I will keep you and will make you a covenant for my people and a light for the Gentiles. Verse 7. To open the eyes of the blind, that's what the church will do, to free the captives from prison, amen, and to release from the dungeons those who sit in darkness. Watch verse 8, there's power here. I am the Lord, that is my name, and I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Watch verse 9. See, the former things have taken place. And a new thing, I declare, before they spring up in the being, I announce them to you. Oh, he ain't sharing his name. His name reigns. And he is doing a new thing. And he's doing it in the church. And here's what I want you to do. Where do you play? What part do you play? Where are you? Where are you going? Where is the church and where is the church going? You in? You better get in. You better decide to get in on what God is doing. He's doing a new thing. Ask him to show it to you. Quiet the voices. Quiet you. Say, God, show me what you're doing. He's doing a new thing, guys. He's doing a new thing. It won't look like the old. It'll be better than the old. But he won't forget the old. And the old will motivate it as it goes. God is a God on the move, and he's raising up the church for such a great a time as this. The church has never been more poised to be what God wanted it to be and never been strategically set where it needs to be set right now. The greatest days for the church, and I'm including this church mostly, is ahead of us, is ahead of us. So as we stand, I'm gonna invite you to stand. As we stand as a church body, what you just saw on a screen should motivate you. What you saw on a screen should deepen your faith, deepen your commitment. 
to make your God big. Because when everything's said, ooh, bad year, bad year, and it's been a bad year, God exalted the church. And it positioned it to be all that it can be for the years to come. We're going places, and I need you with me. God's got much for us. God trusts us. God trusts you. Right now, as we move to a time of invitation, a time of altar, I just need you to say this. God, where am I? Where am I in relation to my church in 21? Where am I? How do you want to use me? What part do I play? Where do I get my hands dirty? Where am I your feet? Where am I your hands? Where am I your voice? That's the question. I'm going to pray for us. God moves you. This time is yours. Let's worship. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We adore you. God, you're good. Not that we need any more proof of it. We just saw it. You're a good God. Really good. Really faithful. God, thank you for your protection. Thank you for your covering. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for trusting the church. Thank you for exalting the church. Thank you for positioning us where you positioned us. God, I know you have great for us. And we're ready. We're ready. So do in us whatever you need to do to get us ready individually. Because you're calling us. And we're going to have to step and go. And so God bless this time. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, speak. And Holy Spirit, cause us to step in obedience to what we've heard from God. In Christ's name, amen, amen, amen. This is your time. You come if you need to. Let's worship. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 